God, I ask that you be with us as we go into today's word. And I ask that it penetrates hearts. I ask that it will speak to, the, to our souls, Lord. We don't want to be the same today. We want to engage with you. And I ask that you would give me words and give me articulation so that I can speak only your words and not my own thoughts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So my son, Zion, uh, just turned three years old on Christmas Eve. And, and um, uh, the plan originally was that we would fly out on Christmas Day to either visit my parents in Michigan or Pauline's parents in Toronto, Canada. But I was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask Zion what he wants. So, and so I said, Zion, what do you want? Do you want to go visit grandma or grandpa? And he says, no. I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. I was like, what? I'm like, what do you want? He says, I want to go to Las Vegas. <laughs> Three-year-old. I want to go to Las Vegas in the hotel. I'm like, okay. He is giving me a specific desire, and so I will cancel all the other plans, and I'll take you to Vegas. If you're going to go to Vegas, you better go with your parents. Amen. <laughs> That's what I thought at first. The reason, reason why um, uh, he, he wanted to go to Vegas is because this past summer I took him and my niece uh, with me. On a, I, went, I had a speaking engagement out there, and so they had a great time. We were in the hotel room, and uh, uh, Nikki Murphy actually set up the speaking engagement. We, we went and uh, uh, hung out in the hotel, went swimming. They went to a, a show, took them to a Cirque du Soleil kids show. They were just amazed by it. So my son's like, I want to go back to Las Vegas. So we're in Las Vegas and we're hanging out and, and he loves the hotel room because everyone is in the small room and he loves the elevator. We have an elevator game where we go up and down the elevator and, and, and he pushes the button and then he says, hold tight. And he runs and holds onto the rails and then he, he says, hold tight again. And he runs on the other side and holds onto the other rail. So we have this game that we play. And so uh, this evening we were in the lobby and I was talking to somebody in the lobby and, and my son was getting restless. He says, daddy, I want to go to the elevator. Push buttons and hold tight. And so I said, son, you have to wait. You have to wait for me because uh, if you go by yourself, uh, uh, you'll get lost in the elevator. And, and if you get lost in the elevator, you, you'll get afraid and you, you'll get lonely. And, and I won't be able to find you. And, and then you'll start crying, but I won't be able to hear you because you'll be gone. And my son stood there and he looked at me. And he just was quiet. And then he goes, no, daddy. I'm strong. No, Daddy, I, I, I'm courageous. And, if, and I'm not going to cry. And I will not be afraid. I'm strong. Kevin was with me. And I stood there and I was like, who is this person? Who is this kid? What kind of mindset is this that, that he will tell me that that?" There is nothing that will bring fear to him. There's nothing that will, even if he got into that situation, he still has a strength. And I was like, oh my goodness, he needs to stop listening to his dad. Because whenever he says that he's afraid, I always tell him, no, you're not afraid. You can be strong and courageous. I speak the word of God over him. And, and, and right there, when, when, I, when I try to, to contradict all the things I've been telling him by bringing fear of, of him getting lost and all those things, he was able to go back to a mindset that has been instilled in him from before he even could talk. You're strong. You're courageous. You can do it. Nothing can stop you. 
It's a mindset that I'm trying to form in my son. And it came out at the weirdest, I mean, seriously, I'm here trying to, you know, put some boundaries. And he's like, there are no boundaries, daddy. Because I'm strong. I'm like, remember this. Keep this up. David in Psalm 34 verse 1 says these words. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. His, his praise will continually be on my mouth. Now, now here's the thing about it, is that if you were to go back and study the, the, uh, the, the, the uh, circumstances by which David said those words, you discover that David was on the run. Saul was after him. David had to pretend that he was a madman and start dancing and and doing all kinds of things to escape danger. He was in the Philistine camp. The people who he had uh, killed, their their, their champion, Goliath, he was afraid of their vengeance coming on him. But in that circumstance, David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will. The, The word will, does anybody know the definition of will? The word will simply means that you have a predetermined response to the inevitable. I will. No matter what will happen, no matter what can happen, I've already made a will within me as to how I'm going to respond. David is articulating his mindset. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the uh, conditions that may change, regardless of what could take place, he's saying, I will bless the Lord at all times. My mindset is worship at all times. No matter what turns around, no matter what turns against me, I've already decided what my will will be. And that will be to worship God, to bless his name, to give him thanks. In everything, you know, uh, there's that experiment that people do, uh, Pastor Scott, about the glass, you know. Is the glass half full or is the glass half empty? What kind of person are you? Are you a half empty person or are you a half full person? I like to submit to you that when you get into David's mindset of worship, it doesn't matter if it's half empty or half full or whatever it is. All you are is, I praise the Lord regardless of what it is. I will bless the Lord at all times. If it's half empty, I praise him. If it's half full, I still praise him. I have a will to have a mindset towards worship. See, see, here's the thing is that uh, uh, a lot of us believers, a lot of us Christians are practical idolaters. There's practical idolatry that takes place within us in that whenever you get to a place where you start fearing what may happen... And start getting all out of shape, bent all out of shape because of the circumstances that you're in. If your boss treats you a certain way, then you have a bad attitude. What you just said is that 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 circumstance, the God of that circumstance, is greater than the God that is good towards you. You're saying that I, I, the, the things that fear, the things that encroach in my life have greater power. And so, therefore, I'll allow them to dictate 
where my heart is. See, the thing is this, is that, and, and Pastor Richard and I are working on a project. I can't wait for it to come out. You, you just wait and see, because we're, we're um, uh, I think God is, is, is anointing and gracing us to, to do something different for the body of Christ, and that is to really help reshape and renew people's minds. Uh, one of the biggest charges that the Apostle Paul gives in the New Testament is that uh, uh, you, sh- you should be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, the thing is that when you're a believer, your heart has been converted, right? Your heart has been forever sealed with God and you, your spirit is completely saved and there's nothing that, that can separate you from the love of God. No, no, no man on earth, no devil in hell can take you from the love of God. However, there's a prison of your mind that you can still be saved but still living as if you're a slave. And so your mind has to be renewed. And so David is like, I know that God has destined greatness for me, but I'm on the run. And even though I'm on the run, my attitude is still in the reality of where God has me. And therefore, I will. Bless the Lord. You got to get your ship together. And the one that we have to get together if we're going to see this year and see our lives completely, uh, 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 a life of, of miracle after miracle taking place in our life, is our mindset has to be a mindset of, I worship him. Because when you have a mindset of, I worship him, there's no circumstances around you that can, that can bow down to that reality. Are you getting this so far? Is this resonating with you? I will bless the Lord at all times. You know, the thing is this, is that you can train your mind to do whatever you want it to do. Have you ever met someone who's angry all the time? They worked on it. That didn't happen by accident. That's just how I am. Now, you worked on it. Have you, have you ever, do you know people who are just always depressed? Oh. Um, January 20's coming. Donald J. Trump's going to be president. There's nothing we can do about it. Is he your God? Because if he's your God, then you, maybe you have something to worry about. He might tweet against you. <laughs> but, but when you have a mindset that is like, I, I, I worship God, Donald Trump is president. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be on my lips. (laughs) President Barack Obama is is whoever he is. I will bless the Lord at all times. Amen? Because the things on this planet don't dictate which happening in here. You've placed a will. You've made a decision that God is great and God is king. Amen? You can train your mind to do whatever. You can train your mind to live in a reality that is based on circumstances or reality that's based on the truth of who God is. But you have to make a decision. Worship is a mindset. Worship is not a song. Worship is not a hand clap or a praise the Lord. As a matter of fact, I'll I'll submit this to you. I'm still working it all out. When the book comes out, Pastor Richard and I write... um, We'll probably have more deeper thoughts on this. But, but praise can be a response. Worship has to be a mindset. Praise can be a response. When something good happens, praise the Lord. But the thing is this, that you don't have to get me to a praise the Lord because I'm already 
in a state of worship regardless. That's how, that's why uh, uh, in the New Testament, uh, the apostle Paul can be in prison and yet write the book of Philippians on joy. Why can he have joy? Because his mindset is on, I will bless the Lord at all times. Point number two, worship doesn't need an excuse. I don't need an excuse to worship God. Well, I, told, I said that to my wife, and she's like, that doesn't sound right. Okay, fine. I don't need a reason to worship God. I, we, we need to have a mindset that, that, that tr- navigates through life like this. I don't need God to do one more thing. If you look back on your life, you will discover that he has given you more than you deserve. And really, he can stop blessing right now. He can stop blessing me right now. And I'll be like, I'm good, God. I'm good. What you've done already is awesome. But the things that he doesn't stop, amen? Praise the Lord. How many of you guys like the overflow of God? Come on. How many of y'all living in the overflow of God? Amen. Come on. And some of you don't recognize the fact that you're living in the overflow of God because you need to change your mindset. When you change your mindset, you'll start seeing the overflow of God in your life. Bank account on low, but still in the overflow. Come on, that even rhymed. That even rhymed right there. That, that should be a song. Bank account on low, but I'm still in the overflow. Uh, mumble rap. <laughs> it's a mindset issue. We don't need an excuse. We don't need a reason. Uh, that's what David is saying. He's saying, I'll bless the Lord at all times. I don't need a miracle to take place. It could just be another day, but that's a perfect time to praise him. The story in um, uh, the book of Acts, one of my favorite stories, Acts chapter 16, if you turn there real quick, uh, verse 25. The apostle Paul and his companion Silas have been doing the work of God. Have you ever been doing something good and bad things happen to you? Have you ever lent somebody money and then it just went bad? And like, God, I was doing the right thing. Now, now they ruined my credit. Why do these things happen to when I was doing? My intentions were awesome. Anybody? Is it just, just me? Okay, I'm the schmuck. All right. The apostle Paul and his companion Silas are 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 in 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 a region where they're preaching the gospel, and as they're preaching the gospel, they get in trouble because they cast a demon out of a a young girl who was uh, responsible for enriching the people who enslaved her. Uh, It's it's just ironic that Pastor Jeremy Cross is here with us, but this was happening back then. They had this young girl who was a human slave that they were trafficking about because of the, the the demon that possessed her, and so. So the apostle Paul looks at her and casts this demon out, doing the work of God. Amen? Doing the work of God. And when he does that, the people have apostle Paul and Silas arrested and taken to the town square where they're beaten, their clothes are stripped from them, they're naked. How many of you would like to be naked in the middle of Riverside at Central Plaza for doing God's work? Beaten publicly. And then... They're commanded to be sent to the inner prison. 
the solitary confinement chamber. And it says, and, and I mean, Luke is very descriptive. It says, and they were, they were beaten with rods. The reason why they were beaten with rods is because rods would bruise bones. Anybody ever had a bruised bone before? And you wished it was broken. Because it heals so much faster. They're beaten with rods. So I want you to get the picture. In pain. Beaten. Humiliated. Embarrassed. And then they're put into, how how do they describe it in verse 25? It says, uh, well, prior to this, in in verse, verse 22, the crowds joined in attacking them and the magistrates tore the garments off of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. When was the last time you had your feet fastened in stocks? Anybody? Some of y'all have been in jail before. Come on. <laughs> Here's the thing. We don't put people in stocks because it's a, it's a torture mechanism. So they've been beat up and then they're put in these weird contortions where they're uncomfortable. My picture of it is this. Feet up here, another foot up here, awkward, and completely in pain. And that's how they are, and they're probably in chains. Completely in pain. Most of you would be like this, holy shenanigans. Why am I a Christian? This sucks. What kind of God are you? I should have listened to mama and not believed. The text says, about mid-time, midnight, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. About midnight, in this situation, they decided to not rely on their circumstances, but to be relying on their mindset that made a decision that no matter what the circumstances are, I will. Bless the Lord at all times. What time was it? Midnight. The darkest time of the night. How did they feel? Their feelings didn't dictate their worship. Their mindset informed their feelings of how they felt about life. They were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. And and Silas was probably a Baptist. His brother was like... I will bless the Lord at all times. And Paul was probably like, you know what? Remember that hymn? Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a for taste of glory. Yeah. Heir of salvation. Silas. Can't remember the words, but God is good. <laughs> they are singing hymns of praise. The other prisoners are like, what did they smoke? What kind of drugs are they on? It must be the molly. <laughs> Is 
has got to be the Molly. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Worship is a mindset. Worship does not require a reason. And worship, point number three, allows access. Worship allows access. See, I grew up in churchy, churchianity, and um, here's what would happen, Nikki. They'll tell us that we needed to worship in order to create an atmosphere that God could come. Remember that? Anybody churchy? That we need to create an environment so that the Holy Spirit can appear. If you don't worship, God won't show up. So they're like, you know, worship allows God to move in a, in a service. And that's why the songs have to be this way and, and, and all these things. And, and, and as, I, as, I, as I look at this text and I see how, how God is and we, 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 we recognize the truth of God, that the Bible tells us that God is everywhere. Amen? And then, and then here's the other thing that, 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 that the uh, New Testament, New Covenant uh, uh, benefit is, is that, is that if you're a believer, God is with you always. He's on the inside of you. Amen? You don't have to go to a mountain to find him. You don't go, have to go to a, a special retreat in order to encounter him. Wherever you are, you can talk to him. Hey, how you doing? Good. Well, we're having some trouble today. I know I got it worked out. Okay, great. All right. We'll talk to you later. That's my prayer life. That person just cut me off in, in, in traffic. Did you hear me cuss him out? You did? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm working on it, Lord. Get on a scale. I haven't lost any weight yet, Lord. It's okay. The fat belongs to you. Praise the Lord. Le- Leviticus 3.16. The Holy Spirit's always with you. I mean, he's like, he goes everywhere with me. Amen? But, but the thing is that, is that when, when I get into a worshipful uh, uh, environment or, or mindset, what takes place is that he now has access. And I have access. Because the clutter of the idolatry that I can bow down to, my circumstances, my boss, my coworker, my coworker, my coworker, Gabrielle. My husband. How many of y'all lose your Christianity because of your spouse? Don't, keep looking straight at me. Do not look at them. Right now, somebody just, Pastor finally is speaking to me. Thank you. This church really is anointed. around you in life will, will make you just go, I don't know about life. But, but here's the thing is that, is that when you start having a mindset that is in worship, I will bless the Lord at all times. Those things can be going on around you, but you're in a worshipful state. So you see God moving regardless. And access is granted. Access is granted. Amen. Access is granted. So, so, so I, want, I, want you to sh- I want to show you the, the, the key that, that opens up the access. Paul and Silas have been beaten. They've been humiliated. They've been tortured. People have attacked them. And, and, and they're in their midnight hour. Their min- anybody going through a midnight hour right now? If, if you're not in a midnight hour right now, you're probably about to step into one or you just got out of one. 
Because that's the reality of what it looks like to be a believer. Everyone's like, Lord, Lord, take the troubles away. No, you need to start praying this prayer. Lord, make me uncomfortable. Make me uncomfortable because when I'm uncomfortable, I can see you move more. Make, make life challenging so I may worship you more. Did you know that, that if you don't experience pain, you don't experience gain? I didn't make that up. And it's not necessarily in the Bible, but it's in the Bible. Anybody who's ever used by God in a mighty way has to be stretched. If you want to have God increase your faith, guess what you've got to be willing to do? Increase your pain threshold. Access is granted because they're praying and singing hymns to God. Can I give you a free one? This is not even in, in the notes today. This is completely free. This is from the Holy Spirit right now, special delivery. Here's what happens. I'm going to say something that's probably going to get me kicked out of the church. Sometimes you've got to fake it because you don't feel it. What, what I mean is this. Nine times out of ten, starting a trend where pastors are honest, nine times out of ten, when I come to church, I don't feel like lifting my hands and worshiping. Don't raise your hand. Just, just say, yes, I feel the same way, bro. And so I have to tell my, my body, you will lift up your hands and worship him right now. You will open up your mouth even though you don't feel like singing because you just got into a fight with your wife on your way to church. You will praise him. And what happens to me is that as I am doing the motions, as I am singing the songs, all of a sudden, halfway through it, I've got tears in my eye like, God, you're so good. Like, oh my. <laughs> because if you turn your eyes upon Jesus, the things that were bothering you, the things of earth, grow strangely dim. And access is granted. They are praying and singing hymns to God because as they're doing this, that reality of what they've got with God is now informing the reality around them. And God does not sit idly. He says, what's that, what's, what's that thing that David says? He inhabits the praise of his people. What does that mean? That means when you're in a worship or praising God, God wants to come and live there. He, he, he wants to come and show up. As a matter of fact, the opposite is also true. It says that in the Old Testament, he got tired of people mumbling and groaning and complaining. He hates it. But when you are in a state of worship, he just wants to move in. You want God to move in this year? Change your mindset. He inhabits the praise of his people. Verse 26 says, And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, access granted, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke up, 
and saw that the prison doors were open. I love that. I love that. I love that. Because of worship, doors can become open. When he saw that the doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped because, because if you let your prisoners go, there was a punishment that was coming. It was called death, but he wanted to get the job done himself. If I was the apostle Paul, I would have not responded this way. You just beat me up. You went further than, the, than, than the, the punishment that was set for me. They just said to throw me in prison. You took me to the inner prison, the solitary confinement, and you put me in stocks. Kill yourself. That's what I would have done. Obviously, God still needs to work on my heart. Paul, with a mindset of worship, will not think or respond or react from the flesh. He reacts from the Spirit of God that says, No! Don't do that. God is in the place. And when God is here, there can't be death. Don't harm yourself. We are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, trembling with fear. He fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? The jailer did not hear the five spiritual laws. They didn't do the Romans road. He didn't say, hey, I need you to repeat a prayer after me. Come down to the altar. Through the witness of worship. The witness of worship alone brought this man to his knees. Point number four. Worship is a witness. Worship is a witness. Do you want people to fall in love with Jesus? Show them how you love him. Through a life and a mindset of worship. Amen? Story goes on, it says in verse 32, and they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all of his family. Then he brought them up out of the house and set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. Man, there are some of you who work with with people who, who, who treat you like, like this jailer did prior to the worship. But somehow when the witness of worship impacted his life, the person who persecuted you now becomes a person who serves you. The person who sets a table before you. It all begins with mindset. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be on my lips. Now, I want to I kind of go, go a little bit practical on this. Um, I need a volunteer or two, actually. Anybody want to volunteer? Okay, fine. I'll, you, sir. Right. You, sir. Come up here. And you, sir. Kevin Anderson. Yes. Don't be shy. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Um, what's your name? Matthew. Matthew. Kevin. Okay. Uh, where are you from? Uh, Riverside. Moreno Valley. We won't hold that against you. <laughs> I want you guys to demonstrate for me what your face did 
what your hands did, what your body did, and what your mouth said when you first got your first car. Go. All right, all right. So, so this guy was more, he was whipping and naining. <laughs> and he had some other dance. He was like, all right, all right. I want you to demonstrate for us when the girl that you liked the most said yes to go out with you. What did your body do? What did your face do? <laughs> all right. Ke- Kevin, go ahead. Okay, all right. Uh, what's your favorite football team? Patriots. Woo! The Jets. <laughs> the Jets. <laughs> Anything but Patriots. Okay, all right. We have Patriots. All right. Um, uh, I want you to demonstrate for us. Let's say you're both Patriot fans. You're a Patriot fan right now. Because the Jets have not won any championships in a... When the Jets or the Patriots won their, first, their, their um, championship recently, what did your body do? What did your face do? What did you do with your mouth? Go ahead, go. <laughs> Come on, I want you to show me what you really did. I'm lying right now, but yeah. <laughs> when the Jets, sometime in the future, <laughs> the long, distant future, <laughs> demonstrate for us what your dad and you will do. Now I want you to demonstrate for me, when someone tells you, God is good, what do you do? Amen. So, so, so you mean to me, when, when the girl that, that, that uh, said yes to go out on a date and then dumped you two weeks later, said yes, you're like... <laughs> When the job that you got, or the first car that you got and crashed, and you don't have any more, you got something better, you're like, oh. <laughs> and when the Patriots or the Jets won the game, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I say God is good, I'm just like. <laughs> Which praise was higher? Which worship was greater? That, that's, that's what I'm talking about, about shifting our mindset. What we're, we're betraying is that we worship football girls and cars more than we worship God. And that makes you a practical idolater. I'm not like calling you guys out. That, that's everybody. Especially you too, because you just. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Now, we'll do one more. Can we do one more? We have time, yep. I want you to, um, the Bible says that uh, this is how you're supposed to worship God. He says, lift up your holy hands unto God. Go ahead. Okay. Um, uh, now, now, I want you to do this. I want you to lift up your hands, and I want you to look towards heaven and Envision Christ's face and just just do that for me real quick. 
Now I want you to tell me, keep your hands up, keep your hands up, with your head up. Tell me about the worst thing that happened to you in your life. Got to think about it. Seeing Jesus. <laughs> tell me about something tough that happened this week. Uh, moving out. That's all I got. <laughs> you want me to answer bad, something bad that took place this week it's my point when you live a life all of a sudden the ish doesn't matter all of a sudden it doesn't matter anymore Give these guys a hand real quick. My, my, uh, my children are teaching me more and more about what life with God really looks like. And I've noticed something about my kids, both of them. When they're hungry, this is what they do. Daddy. When they are sad and they've fallen this is what they do daddy when they're happy this is what they do daddy what if we lived a life with our daddy where when things are going bad we're still daddy I've fallen daddy they rejected me daddy they dumped me daddy they fired me daddy Daddy. Because if we live like this, we know who our God is. But I've noticed something about my son. He just turned three. He's becoming rebellious. Sometimes he won't get his way. And he used to be daddy consistently. And things would get immediately better when I lifted him up. But nowadays, sometimes he'll do this thing. No. I think as we grow, we learn to go "Mm," to God. And so we hide and go into isolation and try to figure things out. When all he wants us to do is, Daddy, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall be continually on my lips. Amen? Getting your worship together is getting the mindset, not needing a reason, and living a life. Daddy. You get something good out of God's word this morning. I, uh, I read an article about silent movies. Remember silent movies? The olden days before Hollywood had gotten this, you know, its game all together, they used to do silent movies. And the thing about silent movies, when we look at them, is that we just wonder, how did they enjoy these silent movies? They just sat there in silence. So I did some research, and what I discovered is that when the people used to go watch silent movies, the audience provided the sound effects. So if there was a person walking... The people in the audience would do the stomping. 
If there was a kissing scene, they said that the people would put their hands into their arms and make that... The smooching sounds. The audience made the silent movie come to life. And they had to physically get involved with what was silent on the screen. What I want to drop into your heart is that the God that you may think is silent will come to life if you will participate with a life that looks like this. You have to move yourself into it. You don't necessarily need to feel your way into it. You have to change your mindset, change your physiology, and change the language in order to make the theology that you believe silently come to life. Amen? Let me pray for you. God, we ask that you would just allow this word to penetrate us, to, to get deep into our spirits. Lord, may we, may we just practice it, this in our life. Walk it out. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.